Welcome in to the World Cup quarterfinal round pod on RJ Bell's dream preview. Let's go. I'm, I'm AJ Hoffman. You may be saying, what does AJ Hoffman know about football? And I would say to you, you're right. I don't know anything about it, but I'm here because I want to learn a little bit. I'm here to, p- to pick up some tidbits from the experts. Uh, those experts are here with us. You heard McKenzie Rivers. And of course, Griffin Warner is in the house. Griffin, how are you? I'm great. I'm glad to hear Mackenzie is the first expert uh, listed, and I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Well, he just made the noise <laughs> first, so I was letting people know that was Mackenzie who made that noise. All good. All good. All right. So let's jump into the games, and at some point, I'm going to ask the two of you for a best bet for this round. But let's start with the first game uh, from a scheduling standpoint. How early would I have to get up to watch Croatia-Brazil? What are we talking here on the West Coast? 7 a.m. for you, I believe. Oh, okay. I'm probably not going to watch Croatia-Brazil. But I'm sure there's a lot of people who are. And Griffin, you're a couple hours ahead of us. I'm sure you'll be up to watch it. McKenzie, are you getting up at 7? I wake up at 6.45 almost every day. It's, it's It's a treat. I get my tea. Get a little crumpet, and, and, so, and I'm, I'm off to the races. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about this game. The spread is Brazil minus one and a quarter. Uh, that's juiced a little to minus 122. Croatia plus 106 on the other side. And the spread is over two and – what's this? Over two and three quarters? Is that exactly. how it is? There we go. There we minus, go. Minus Quick learner, this guy. Minus 102 to the over, minus 114 to the under. Uh, Griffin, we'll get your thoughts first. How's this matchup play out? Brazil, the biggest favorite on the board. Do they get it done here? It's hard to say that they won't. Um, Brazil, to bring you into it, I know you know this already, AJ, but Brazil, um, favorites, as you mentioned, they are awesome, and they play really aggressively. Yeah, I I knew you knew that. But um, just for the people that haven't been listening this whole time nor anchoring the show, um, they're really good. They score a lot of goals. They play really offensively. They try to beat you 10 to 1, basically, or 10 to 8, if that was a realistic soccer score. Um, Croatia, on the other hand, they have an older but really talented midfield, which is basically they're going to try to use that as much as possible to restrict Brazilian possession. So try to keep the ball away from them and basically try to run clock as much as possible this whole day. Um, Brazil are a really big favorite, as you mentioned. Um, all these teams in this round pretty much are, are great, except for maybe Morocco, which we'll get to later. Uh, at least they were the least uh, or the biggest surprise to get here. Um, which is going to mean we're going to have a great tournament. It's going to be really fun. And uh, the last round wasn't very close. I feel like a lot of the the big favorites uh, all went through essentially, except for Spain. And I think we're going to start to see a little bit of trouble for the big clubs or big nations here. Um, Croatia are really talented in the midfield. They're going to troll the ball a lot. And Brazil um, basically tries to run the whole, if we want to use a college basketball reference, they're trying to run uh, down the other cherry pick and they're trying to score as many goals as possible. And I think that's going to leave themselves open uh, to counterattacks. And that's where um, I have some interest in Croatia. I like them getting a goal in a quarter. As you mentioned, it's very juiced towards Brazil right now. So it might close one and a half. Um, so I, I'm leaning to the side of Croatia, the world cup finalist from Russia. I feel like they're older, but still have a lot of talent and uh, they can give Brazil a lot of trouble. Is there any scenario where you can see them winning the game outright? 
Certainly. Um, I think they're going to try their best to get ahead one nil and then literally lay on the floor as much as they can for uh, the remaining time, which I'm sure American uh, watchers will absolutely adore and uh, <laughs> say on Twitter how fun that game was to watch. But uh, Brazil's awesome and they're going to be really aggressive. And I think that's going to potentially catch them out. Um, I'll say Brazil probably win this match, but I feel like two, one is a realistic possibility right around the spread in total. Um, uh, but you get paid half of your, or you'd win half your bet essentially on Croatia at that one and a quarter, or even all of it, if it climbs that one and a half, like I'm projecting. It feels like at least from the, the total perspective, just given what you're saying about Brazil and, and how prolific they are on offense, if you think Brazil wins, is that kind of correlated to the over here? I think so. I think you'll see in um, in this sport more so, I think, than almost any other. Uh, if you're expecting an underdog to hang around, you're probably not expecting them to outscore the favorite. Um, so low-scoring matches, I think, generally favor um the the soccer underdog and the greatest part about this sport is the matches end at the 90 minutes plus stoppage time uh so overtime will not lose you a spread or a a total wager Mackenzie, you have any thoughts on this matchup any uh any anything from a maybe from a player standpoint that you that stands out to you yeah sure i expect this to be luka modric the great luka modric's last world cup games let's take a minute and talk about how great he is he's a five-time champions league winner maybe one of the best midfielders, at least since Andres Iniesta. I think the advantages that Croatia brings against most teams, especially with Luka Modric in the midfield and Perisic, is kind of nullified by Brazil. They have, as much as they have on offense, you know, all of their all of their back four are elite. Not all of their uh, front three are elite. So I think they're actually underrated defensively. They've given up the first goal one time in a game that really didn't matter, uh, the last group stage game, so... I agree with Griffin. I feel like they're going to wait to cherry pick. They're going to let that midfield do its thing. But I don't think Croatia has the teeth to necessarily dent them at any point, no matter how much possession they have. So I lean to the under here. I feel like Brazil's fine. Wait until they get one, two, second half goals, maybe win two zero. Um, and I also lean to Brazil on the side. Okay. So kind of the opposite of what I was thinking. And if you like Brazil, you like the over. You, uh, you in fact, like the other side. All right. Uh, let's yep. move on to the next game, the Dutch taking on Argentina. Uh, we're going to say Netherlands plus a quarter goal at minus 104, uh, minus 112 on Argentina. Griffin, is this, I mean, this is obviously a very closely lined game. Uh, you expect this one to be tight? I do. Uh, two very good teams. And Argentina has probably the most popular player in all of the world. And I think that um, slightly matters to uh, the spread a little bit. Um I, I don't know necessarily if this would ever have been like a pick them straight up, but um, this is a very close match. And it's essentially saying two teams that are really good against each other um, during like normal games that are hosted, not at a neutral stadium. Um, I would expect Argentina to be a quarter goal favorite at home uh, to the Netherlands, maybe a half of a goal based on this number. Um, I, I usually assign a quarter of a goal for home field. Um, and there's going to be a lot of Argentinians in the crowd, Argentines. Um, but I think the Dutch are really, really strong. Uh, and they don't really get the fanfare because they don't have the huge, huge megastar that uh, pretty much sells every jersey, soccer ball, anything throughout the, the Latin world. Um, and so I, I think the Dutch, they really, I mean, despite their wooden shoes, which slow them down a little bit, um, they have a lot of talent, a lot of speed, and I think they can really put Argentina's back line under pressure. And that's the biggest issue, I think, for the Argentinian side or the Argentines. They don't have a really great defense, and I think the Netherlands can exploit that. 
what did the Netherlands do? And, and obviously the Netherlands who knocked out the U.S., what did they do against the U.S. that made them successful? And would what they did in that in that match translate to this one? Uh, they scored early, which was essential. And it, basically they say goals change games. Um, and in this sport, there's so few that uh, really it's whoever scores first is is able to dictate everything. Not everyone who scores first wins, but um, they had a really good attack, not really out of much, but uh, had a good pass, a good shot, and they're up 1-0. And then the U.S. kind of had to extend a little bit. And uh, I think the U.S., knowing they were the inferior side or inferior team on that day, they were going to try their best to kind of hang around as long as possible. But once they go behind, they have to kind of come out of their shell, um, certainly is a concern for Croatia as well. But uh, for this matchup, and then the Netherlands, the Dutch, they got a goal right before halftime, which is a huge momentum swinger. Uh, and basically, one nil became two nil, and I think the U.S. kind of realized that they were um, they were pretty much out of it. Unfortunately, they did get one back and made it two one, but then conceded right away. So um, the Dutch they are a very aggressive team that want to play on the front foot and try to score a lot of goals. Uh, I think they're going to be more defensive in this matchup out of respect for Argentina, but I do think that their defense can like handle that. Whereas Argentina, I think, are going to have. Um, similar to, to Brazil, I think they're going to have a couple of times where they're a little bit unbalanced and they're not going to be able to withstand that attack. All right, McKenzie, what are you seeing here? I have a question for Griffin. Did you ever think in the history of football, soccer, Argentina, Netherlands would have an over under of two? I mean, these are the most prolific offenses, you know, historically with the, you know the Dutch style of football and all the great forwards in Argentinian history. Um, and you just mentioned Netherlands, even their current squad is more of an offensive minded team, at least with their top end talent. Why is this total so low in your opinion? And is it correct? Uh, it feels really low to me, honestly. Um, I, when I made my numbers, I was expecting it only a little bit higher, but, uh, two and a quarter or so, but I still feel like two is really, really small. Um, the Dutch essentially came into this tournament where I expected them to try to outscore everyone Brazil style, just don't even care about defense. They've been a lot more pragmatic. I think um, they weren't in a very difficult group and they got the U S who weren't a super difficult opponent besides uh, all of the hype here in the U S but um, they've been a lot more conservative and pragmatic, I think. And that maybe speaks to the line a little bit, but there's a lot of offense in this matchup. So I think I agree that it feels a little low. All right, so it sounds like a lean to the over in this one. All right, who do we think advances? What's the uh, what's the take on that? Who who do we think moves on? Ooh, that's tough. I'm gonna say the Dutch. I'm gonna say the Dutch. I'm gonna say the Dutch too. They've played better this tournament. They should be, you know, slight favorites or slight dogs. I'm gonna say they respond to being uh, disrespected by the markets and they end up advancing. So, do you prefer the the minus one hundred and four at the uh, the quarter, the quarter goal, goal? Or, I do. or plus yeah. two seventy seven? I think quarter goal is better, especially with the ninety minutes. You don't have to worry about the extra thirty minutes. It's going to be uh, very likely one one zero zero, and we'll we'll see some extra extra soccer. That's your thought as well, Griffin. Yeah, I I just like that when it goes to extra time, you can win half a bet. I feel like that's hard. I mean, I don't have the math behind it, but I feel like that is a pretty significant area where there's likely, if it goes to extra time, we're likely seeing penalty kicks, and that is the ultimate crapshoot. Certainly a good chance at plus 145 to come out ahead over the long run, but I want my half a unit of profit uh, when this thing goes to extra time. All right, let's move to Saturday, and you mentioned Morocco being the sort of surprise here. Morocco looks like they are plus three quarters uh, at plus 102 against Portugal, uh, who's made some personnel changes, some (laughs) widely discussed personnel changes. 
uh, over two and a quarter, minus 107, under minus 109. What do you see here, Griff? Uh, so Morocco surprise package of the tournament for sure. Um, I'm hoping this climbs to a full goal. Uh, that is pretty juiced at the moment. Um, I guess not really available bet online, but you probably see it other places. You're probably playing like minus 125 and maybe minus 130 for it. Um, that extra insurance there, I think is essential. Um, but Morocco have been awesome in this tournament. Um, their defense has been really good. They lack a little bit up front and scoring. Uh, and really had to go to penalty kicks to get through Spain. But um, I guess surprisingly or something I didn't know until the tournament started is that there's a lot of Moroccans in Qatar, and that honestly adds some home field advantage that like hasn't really existed much in this tournament. Um, Portugal, a pretty small nation in Europe. Um, a lot of Europeans were basically boycotting the World Cup because of these condition, working conditions, living conditions for a lot of uh, the workers in guitar. So like that changes things a little bit. I don't know if that maybe once you get through the knockouts and you get to the quarterfinals, maybe people all of a sudden start buying tickets, but uh, the Moroccans should have a ton of fan support there, which is really big in the support because it actually gives a lot of energy to the players because uh, Morocco is likely going to be defending a lot in this matchup. Um, they've essentially sat pretty in a defensive mindset with the ability just to try to run as fast as you can down the pitch to try to score on one of your few chances. It's worked fairly well for them in this tournament. Uh, Portugal, certainly with the Ronaldo stuff, um, is wild. But he's an awesome player and still produces for the national team. But they're really talented. But I, I just don't know that they have enough of a cohesive offense to really make uh, Morocco that I mean, they're going to be concerned, but I think if you can get a plus one in Morocco, that's a really, really nice number to have because I wouldn't be shocked if this goes to extra time or if Morocco even wins and in, in during re normal regulation. Uh, McKenzie, what do you think? And I'll, I'll ask you specifically uh, about the total. How many goals do you think are scored in this one? Well, Morocco gave up one goal this tournament on an own goal, so the other team has failed to score against them. Got to lean to the under then because – especially Portugal coming off a five-goal victory. I mean, look at Spain. They scored seven goals in one game. They scored like two goals the rest of the tournament. It's an aberration. Th those things happen have nothing to do with the next game. Uh, so I think you can benefit from a little bit of inflation from the total that way. A question for you, Griffin. What Do you think they play Ronaldo here? I mean, it's kind of a hush-hush in the Portuguese media about what they're going to do, saying all players contribute. The bench is just as important as the starting 11, yada, yada, yada. You know, five yeah, days I, ago, I, this was the most important player on the team. Do you think he features? Uh, I think he features off the bench, if anything. Um, they, um, they, Sanchez, unfortunately, when you translate from Portuguese to English, I feel like there are some words that are lost in translation. But he basically said that Ronaldo will, like, might play essentially in that last match. And the good thing is they were murdering whoever their opponent was. I'm, I forgot who he was at the moment. But Switzerland. Um, Switzerland. There we go. And that, that made it. So it wasn't like a dramatic substitution. Uh, there's a lot of people in the crowd clamoring, yelling for Ronaldo, the whole match, it seemed. Um, but I don't think that affects now that they've basically let the cow out of the bag or squeeze the ketchup out of the bottle. Um, I don't think they all of a sudden try to push it back in and start him unless there's some sort of injury or something like that out there. I think he's a super sub off the bench that potentially can score a goal if they need late, but I don't see him starting and I don't think that's the worst thing for Portugal, but I do think the distraction is, is not super helpful at this stage. All right, let's talk predictions here. What are we thinking, Griff? Uh, I'm going to go with Portugal gets through, but I, like I said, I really like that Morocco if plus one pops. I think I will be on it, and uh, I wouldn't be shocked if this is up in the air and goes to penalties, and then who knows what happens. Mackenzie? I'm going to say Morocco pulls the upset. There's just too much good feeling in the, the Arabian Peninsula right now. 
And uh, too much distraction from Portugal. I mean, they're favored. They should be favored. But I'm going to, for my selection, pick the upset. And you said, McKenzie, this is probably like if Morocco was ever going to have a chance, this team that they've got right now is like the best the best team they've ever had. Yeah. I mean, they have players that feature for Paris Saint-Germain and Chelsea. That's you know pretty uncommon for a smaller country to have that top-end talent. All right, let's get to the final matchup. And, and the probably, best one, let's go. I was going to say, this is the one that most people are talking about anyway. England and France. Uh, England is plus a quarter goal, minus 125. France uh, playing plus 109 on the minus. And we've got over two and a half playing plus 106, under two and a half at minus 122. Jump in there, Griffin. Tell me what you think happens here. So I will admit I do not like the English. I hope they lose all the time. But I do think that they can give France a little bit of trouble because England has a lot of really talented players. Um, I don't love their manager. They're a team I really like to bet against as a favorite because he tries to basically get that first goal and then go into a shell uh, turtle style and then just run the clock out. And I don't think that's what you should be doing with a team like England. Though, against a team like France, who's probably the most talented team in the world besides Brazil, I mean, you could probably put one versus one and it's very equal. Um, that strategy or that kind of idea might actually help here. Um, and I think it's going to be a situation where England is going to try to thwart the advances of France. I mean, wild for all the wars that were fought between these countries way back when. Um, but I, I think... England's going to try to keep this as low scoring as possible. France, I think they like are afraid of nobody. And so they're going to do their best to try to score a bunch of goals. And I do feel like sometimes that belief in oneself might be a little bit too strong, might leave them a little bit open for England to potentially cause them some problems. And uh, I think my strongest lean is to under two and a half is I don't think there's going to be a lot of goals in this one. And Mackenzie, what are your thoughts? Very similar. I think both uh, not only Southgate, but the France manager as well, uh, kind of limits mistakes. They're saying we're going to make the least amount of mistakes, and that's how they won the 2018 World Cup, even though there was some shootouts. So I, I got a strong lean to the under here. Uh, I'll be curious, the England starting 11, who they bring in. I feel like if they bring in, uh, if they play that uh, 4-3-3, that'll be a, a telltale sign that they do not intend on scoring necessarily, but they're going to protect um, protect their own. But um, do you think Trippier, Griffin plays, or do you think they uh, they stick with, um, who do they have, Saka? Uh, on the wing i mean sock would be the more offensive choice uh tripper has been so good for newcastle this year and has honestly been a really good player some of these lineup decisions like i i don't try to guess what's going to happen because it's so hard to really know what these managers are thinking like there's a lot behind the scenes for sure but like just i don't even know how capable these managers are they get paid way less to manage the national team but have way more pressure and i feel like that makes them make like legitimately crazy decision. So I don't know what to expect. Um, certainly though, Saka's starting over Trippier is, is a more offensive uh, decision, which might ca cause some problems for England ultimately. All right, let's talk about who advances. Griffin can give an unbiased opinion on who will advance. I can, I can. Um, I think France gets through. Uh, I think England makes it really tough on them, but uh, I think France are, are better across the board and I, I like their manager better. Mackenzie? You got agreement. No one's playing better than Mbappe. He's going to get the goal that makes the difference, in my opinion. Uh, Mbappe, my favorite Hanson song. Uh, I've mentioned that once before. You know, he's so. about the right age. He might be named after that song. I like, think he should be. Yeah. Mbappe. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I would just say Mbappe. Mbappe. Yeah, I would say, I'd do that in the, in the stands. That's I would be a hooligan. All right. Before we get to best bets, which that's what you guys are all waiting for, uh, have you signed up for pregame.com yet? If not, 
well, what the hell are you thinking? Pregame.com is going to give you a free $25 site purchase just for signing up, and it takes, I don't know, 90 seconds, and you can take advantage of being a site member. You can make, track your own picks, post your own picks and analysis in the forums, uh, draw a follow and become a valued member. You sign up today, free $25 site credit to purchase premium picks from one of Pregame's very own professional handicappers. McKenzie is one. Griffin is one. I am one even. Uh, but you can get your free best bet today. Don't even need a credit card. Just sign up and get involved in the fun. That's pregame.com. All right. Let's get to it. You know what? Before we get to best bets, I just noticed something. Uh, my prediction of who would win uh, before the before the, the tournament started was Belgium, and we haven't gone over mm. their game. I'm not sure what has happened. Why haven't we mentioned well, <laughs> Belgium? Who are they playing this weekend? What's that's happening the next? Here? That's the next uh, episode, I think, yeah. right? That's oh. a 2026 World Cup. Uh, they, they will they, be featured currently they got the a number one. <laughs> they got a bye to the semifinals or a bye to 2026? I'm not sure. Either way. Close, but you're way off. Belgium uh. was the number one rated team in the world coming into the tournament. But as we discussed, those rankings don't mean that much, and they did bow out in the group stage. I feel like there was some uh, shenanigans involved in that. It had, they had to be cheating in some way. All right, let's get to <laughs> best bets. Uh, McKenzie, what do you have? What's your favorite play this weekend? I just mentioned it. It is the best bet on the board, so I'm going to play it. Under England-France, the 101st years war. I think both of these teams uh, are worried about mistakes. I mean, this is England's probably best chance to make a run at the World Cup since their golden generation in the early 2000s. I don't really think Harry, I mean, the the best players that are playing their best, like Jude Bellingham, the young midfielder, aren't necessarily goal creators. I don't feel like Harry Kane really scares me that much. I feel like England's main objective this game will be what to do on the right-hand side or their right-hand side, France's left-hand side, to stop Mbappe. I feel like the whole game is going to be to back up and protect that goal. Uh, whoever gets the first goal probably wins, and I think it's, a, I think it's, it's tight all the way through. I'm going to go under two and a half. I'm not too surprised. I only have to lay minus 122 here. That'll be my best bet. France, England, under two and a half. I'm a little worried about that because I know David Beckham can bend it. He does not necessarily. He might be watching with a posh spice, but uh, he didn't play. Anymore. I thought he's the best. I mean, what are we doing here? Come on. He's got to be in the, on the team. All right, Griffin, where are you going for your best bet? Well, I'm sitting on the couch like David Beckham in that commercial where he's eating <laughs> Chris. Football. As I think they're called. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> I guess we probably shouldn't say that the sponsor because then we'd uh, ask for the money for it. And I don't think they're paying us, but okay. Without further ado, I'm going to go Netherlands plus one quarter as my best bet for this episode. Wouldn't rush into it. Juices to Argentina. They have the most famous player on the planet. So you might see this even climb to a half before it kicks off. Uh, but I like the quarter as we talked about earlier, I have interest in Netherlands to advance as well, but um, I'd rather get paid at the end of 90 minutes when they push to extra time. I don't think it's impossible for the Netherlands to win here. I think they have enough offensive potent attack to uh, really make Argentina a little bit concerned. And uh, I think that's going to make this game a little bit quieter and maybe speaks to the two as our, our total lowest by far of any of these matches. But I think the Dutch have a really good chance to go through and, and I wouldn't make them an underdog to Argentina by this much here. So I'm going to go Dutch plus one quarter wooden shoes pancakes. Here we go. All right, there we go. go. I, uh, I won't be betting Belgium. So I'm just going to sit this one out as far as my best bets go. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's a nice thought guys. I appreciate you letting me uh, be involved in this. I'm, I was, it was fun to, to kind of, figure out how the lines work and things like that. Uh, you guys, I assume, will be back for the semifinal round? No doubt. We certainly will. 
We look forward also to AJ start selling uh, European soccer plays. Right oh, speaking of uh, European soccer plays, Griffin, aren't you like 40 games above 500 at this point? I mean, just you've had a ridiculous to, season. Just trying to keep it rolling. All right, uh, man. Yeah, you know, thank you. But uh, it's a long season. We've still got a long, long way to go. But uh, it's been a good, good run so far. Well, you can always find Griffin's soccer stuff over at pregame.com. Guys, appreciate the time. And, uh, and you know, like I said, you guys will be back next week for the semifinal round. Enjoy the football, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>